You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. It is. I need to start the clock. It is time for me to start my clock and countdown, so I don't go way over time. But it is that time again where you are listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast, and I'm trying to do two things at once here. I sound like a robot. Boom. Okay, it started. You got Welcome. through. You made yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. You know, I've said this before, a highlight of my week is always doing the podcast. I really enjoy the podcast. You know, and I do like talking, um, which sometimes that can be a curse. Sometimes you can talk too much. Yeah, the Bible doesn't speak highly of those who love to talk. <laughs> no. It actually no. says, why don't you keep your mouth shut so you don't prove you're stupid? <laughs> Now that's the John P. paraphrase. That that's not a translation you're oh, gonna no. find on Babe Babel Babe. <laughs> Babel Getaway. Bible Babel G- Gateway. Oh man. Babel Gateway. Didn't sound good either. Bible, Bible Gateway. Gateway. Which I I prefer Bible Gateway over the Bible Hub or whatever. What what's the blue one? Biblehub.org. Biblehub.org is hard for me to navigate. Bible Gateway is so much better. And- Bible Hub doesn't have as many translations. No. There for a while it didn't have the but, New King James, which is Bible the one I was Gateway has a lot of ads. Yeah, and, and you have Hub to click doesn't. on the yeah. translation where Bible Hub has all the translations right, right there. You. If you're not into the Bible, get into the Bible <laughs> so you, you know doing? what we're talking about. But nothing beats the written word, right? What well, is the written word? I mean, <laughs> paper. Having a paperback or a hardback The Bible one in your that's hands? written on the parchment that's slang term for it is called zigzag <laughs> did you know that <laughs> that zigzag is what i thought you used for drugs yep and it's the exact same paper okay <laughs> do with what you want with that information uh, i can't no i, can't I learned that when the, listen that. okay before y'all shut down this podcast the power team came and one of the guys from the power team said that he was given a bible and instead of reading it, he ripped its pages because it was made out of zigzag and he smoked joints with it. Until wow. one day, God spoke to him as he was tearing a page out of the Bible and said, why are you desecrating my word? And he like, spoke to him audibly and he like stopped and then started reading his Bible and his life got completely That's changed. one of those testimonies that when you hear it, it's like, man, <laughs> wow. Know. Know, my right? testimony seems lame. <laughs> I know. Well, I was at youth camp and... Both my parents are ministers, and this is what happened. Yeah. Anyways, um, that was crazy uh, roller coaster. I don't there know how we got there. Thank you, but uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. How did we get there? See that that testimony you just shared knocked me off my horse, <laughs> and my air got knocked out of me. <laughs> and I'm trying to get back on the horse of this podcast yeah, so you- I can ride to my destination, which would be Damascus. No. Which would actually be a false summit. Yeah, a false summit. So this is what we're going to talk about. Lovely title. It's called Scenes from the Salt. (laughs) Scenes from the Salt Mines. (laughs) Scenes from the False Summit. All right. And this is really talking about hope being deferred, hope being delayed, and navigating through that and not losing your anchor. So what is a false summit, John? You're a hiker yourself. A false summit is when you're well through your journey, you've gotten far, and you see the top of a mountain, you go, when I get there, I'm going to be there, and you get there, and then you realize, wow, my view was restricted, 
what I thought was the top, I've gotten to where I thought was the top, and now I can see I either another going. false summit Ooh. or the true summit. But my journey's still not completed, and I have to keep moving. I thought I was done, but I'm not done. You might call me crazy for living in Colorado for so long and not having climbed this mountain, but I have not climbed Sopris to the top. And I've heard there's a brutal false summit. Do yourself a favor. Most of you are listening on your phone. Open up your phone. If you don't know about Mount Sopris, look it up. It's beautiful. Don't put in Mountain Sopris. No, Mount. Mount Sopris. But I heard that there's a false summit there and it can, especially yeah. if you come up from a different side, you're like, I'm at the top, baby. And then you, you get up there and you're like, oh, man. I'll be honest. My thought of when you started talking about a false summit, it, I literally went back to flashback of the false summits you experience on Sopris. It's on more Sopris. than one. It's more than one. Ooh, man. So yeah, I've only climbed a few mountains in my life. And um, they didn't have any false summits. I knew kind of where the top was, but it was very hard to get there. And I could, I could, I could only imagine the type of frustration that an avid hiker would go through when they're getting ready to, uh, you know, summit and realize oh, I still got more to go. And so, in life, life is really full of false summits. And I don't know your situation, but maybe you know. The, well, the Bible first of all says this. It's in Proverbs. I don't have it written right in front of me. I feel like it's one of the uh, first ones. Like I'm sure Proverbs you'll do 3. a better job of paraphrasing than I did well, earlier. Says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a a, a desire fulfilled is tree joy, of life. Is the tree of life is awesome? I was going to say is awesome. Which man, tree of life. So hope deferred making the heart sick, and I think most of you listening to this know exactly what I'm talking about. Hope being deferred. Maybe you've gotten to a point in your life where you feel like you're ready to retire, and you get to that point, and all of a sudden something happens or you get sick and all of a sudden you have to you have to work longer or that that thing that you were working for gets delayed maybe you were married and you're trying to have kids miscarriage after miscarriage hope deferred you're believing for healing hope deferred someone in your family you've been believing for years to get saved i know that i've been believing for since i was like 7 for someone in my family to get saved it's just as much an atheist today as they are as they were when i was that when i was that young Hope deferred, hope delayed, right? There's so many things in life where you're expecting to get to the top just to realize I got to wait longer. And it's frustrating and it's disheartening and it can really actually even physically make you sick. And so we're going to talk just a briefly a kind of about this idea and where we go and how we navigate the false summit. And I'll just go right into this unless you got something to say. Go for it, man. Um, I remember well, we were just at a men's conference. There was a guy there. His name was Josh Bennington or Pennington. Sorry. Right. Pennington with a P with a P Pennington. And he was talking about, um, kind of this idea. And he said, really when, cause the whole, the whole theme of the conference was ascend, right? The climb, right? It's about the journey. It's about the climb. Miley Cyrus. It's a good song. The climb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, he said, when you get to that false summit, you got three decisions that you can make, right? You want to tell me what those three decisions were? You can quit, you can camp, or you can climb. Or you can climb. I'll reiterate those. You can quit, you can camp, or you can climb. And so there was times in Israel where God would lead them into a new land, they would conquer, but the ultimate prize was the promised land. It was the land of Canaan. And sometimes they would get to a point it was a really hard battle. 
And some of the Israelites said, you know what? This is good. This is fine. I think we can set up camp here. They chose to camp. So, so many times in life, we are, we were battling, we're climbing, we're exhausted, we wear out, and we get to what we think is the top. It's not. There's a little bit more climb to glow to to gl- to go. It's time to go if you want to glow. <laughs> yeah, and you have a decision you got to make. Is my goal worth the extra effort, or am I am I okay with compromising, conceding, and just camping out? Um, What's the main problem with having that type of man- mindset of compromising and then just saying, I'm going to camp where I'm at? You don't get where you're going. Oh, yeah. That's the main thing. I mean, you're not going to ascend. Once you camp, you start to get comfortable. And then if you get comfortable with where you're at, you'll never move to where you're supposed to go. Yeah. And then there was those that decided to quit and actually even go back down the mountain. They actually went back. Some of them wanted to go back to Egypt where they were delivered from. The whole nature of a mountain causes people to settle. So even what we mentioned about Mount Sopris, guess what's at the base of Mount Sopris? A town called Carbondale. Why? Mm. Because when you get to something like that, a lot of times people be like, yeah, this is where we're stopping because I can't go beyond it. I can't go farther. This is where I'm staying. And you say down here, he's got food. They got gas. They got a co-op. It's nice. <laughs> and the mountain, Carbondale don't, have, has the mountain all don't have any of that. <laughs> right? The climb doesn't have any of that. And especially when we're talking about hope deferred, when you've gone through years and years of that type of struggle, just to realize that you still got more, it is very hard to say, I'm going to continue to climb. But that's the third option, climbing. So when your hope is deferred, and this is this is just something I'm kind of still processing in my own mind and in my own heart, but a lot of times when hope is deferred, it it really crushes us because I think sometimes we put all of our hope into the outcome or into the thing that we're believing for. Let's just say, you know, the job, you, you, you go to college, you get a degree, you work hard, you're doing an unpaid internship and you finally think I'm going to get the job just to find out that they hired somebody else. Oh no. Well, all of my hope was placed in the actual job. And the Bible says this, that hope doesn't disappoint. It also says that, and you're like, what? what's going on? This is an oxymoron. Well, I think the hope, really, the hope that we need to be anchoring ourselves in is Jesus, the rock. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really depends on what we're putting our hope in, because this hope in, the, in these natural things, some of the times that hope will get deferred, it will get delayed, it won't happen at all, and it can really crush you if you're not anchored in the right thing. I think that's a great point, and I'm, I want to jump in here because yeah. I am not an avid hiker, but I'm more of an avid hiker than you are. Yes. And I have some probably more experience than you do. And a lot of times you get trail reports or you get the uh, the indication of what you can expect on a hike. So on a lot of these hikes where there are false summits, it'll say you'll get to this point and there'll be a false summit. So yeah. even though you see that, you know, that looks like the top, it's probably not going to be the top. So when you get really disappointed from a false summit, it's because you have an unfounded expectation and you haven't, you aren't expecting there to be false summits. But if you expect there to be false summits, then you aren't as overtaken by them. So really all disappointment is based on unfounded expectations. And that's what the speaker said, even at the men's conference, is that we're being conditioned and prepared for life where we don't think there's going to be any false summits. So when we arrive at a place where we think it should be the top and it's not the top, we feel swindled. Yeah. But there's nothing. Yeah, but we're promised difficulty. Yeah. Jesus promised that there would be difficulty. We look at his 
promises and the truth that he spoke from his mouth that encourages us, but some of it prepares us for difficulty. Right. And I, I mean, I'm thinking about um, just even when we were in staff this morning, we were reading through Ephesians chapter six, and it goes on to talk about the armor of God. And I think we get uh, deceived as Christians in thinking, you know, because it's talking about the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and faith. And so you're talking about, I'm building my faith and I'm learning the truth and I've got the peace and all this kind of stuff working for me. And you're thinking that it's supposed to make life a breeze for you. But you read on, it says, having done all the stand, stand therefore. And that doesn't mean after enduring as much as you can, just can endure a little longer. You should. That's great. That's a great quality. Persevere. But what that's saying is having prepared yourself for a battle, go ahead and fight in it. And so we are deceived into thinking the armor of God is just to put on to look good, It's but it's there to fight a, a battle. Fiery darts from the enemy are coming. Disappointment is coming. False summits are coming. And Jesus says, hey, my promise isn't you're not going to go through that. My promise is I'm going to equip you to fight against that kind of stuff. And so, you know what? As soon as you realize trouble really is guaranteed, but there is a hope and th that I can anchor myself to. Um, well, what does the Bible say? Hope is an anchor. And an anchor is only as secure as that what it is, what it's secured to. So if you're anchored into a job or something that's temporary, if that thing moves, the anchor moves with it, right? So what is Jesus? He's the rock. He's the chief cornerstone. He ain't moving. So it's only secure as what you anchor it to. So if I'm anchoring myself to the rock, then it's going to be a secure anchor. And when the, sh the storms of life come, you know, I might be swayed a little bit, but I'm not going to get completely dragged out to sea because I'm anchored. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm just kind of talking. Well, I have a couple things. Can I share? Yeah, go for it. And again, just coming from practically hiking and experiencing these things. When you arrive on a false summit, uh, two things I want to tell you. First off, enjoy the view. So to get to a yeah. false summit, you're pretty far up the mountain. Yep. And you can stand at that spot and be ticked off and just look at the next fall summit or the actual summit and wish you were there. Or you could turn around and go, wow, that's a good view even right here. And a lot of times we lose that perspective mm. in the middle of where we're at. So normally, even if you're at a hardship or a difficult spot, you're farther than you were right. before. Yeah, look down and say, look how far I've come. And if look you back. can gain some of the faithfulness of God that got you to the spot. Maybe it's not your ultimate summit. Maybe it's not where you're supposed to be. Maybe it's in the midst of great loss and tragedy. But if you can look at the view of how far you've come, it'll give you a second wind to get where you're going. And let me say this. Often when we find ourselves in that difficulty and we've gotten to that false summit, we feel like we've failed. Like, dang, I'm not there yet. But it doesn't neglect how far you've already come. Where you're at in that moment, and not being at the top doesn't neglect how far you've gotten to right. get where you are right now. So if you were believing God for your brother's healing and he didn't get healed and he died, God works so much in your life in that process of believing him and healing along that journey. His death doesn't neglect what's been built in you on that journey. Wow, that's good. Because there is, I mean, and you know, I don't, I always like to subscribe to this mindset of like, well, God's got a plan and we'll never know. But there is an aspect of the process that I may not understand. And the plan is much bigger than me and how I feel about that situation. Let me clarify. I'm not speaking to God's intentions in the end. I believe God's will is to heal. I believe it's not for us to die. 
uh, from sickness or disease. I believe he wants us to live a long and satisfied life across the board. But in the midst of even what the enemy does, I bet God's in there somewhere. Even if the end result isn't what he wanted, if you, all we can really control is our invisible chalk circle that we draw around ourselves. Mm -hmm. If we've been faithful in that, to the best of our ability, trust in God's grace, we're not amazing at it. God's developed something in us. And I'll tell you what, if you're hiking a tall mountain, uh, a lot's been developed in you to get to even the fall summit. And you can either be destroyed by the fact that you're at a fall summit or encouraged by the fact of how far you've come. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. There it is. I think what I was trying to say is there is so many things outside of my control and even outside of my understanding. Let's say you invite someone somewhere and they show up really late and then I, I get really mad at them and I go, and I start painting all these pictures or creating a story, right? As to why they're late and how disrespectful they are. And then they come and they go, my, you know, my hot water heater broke and, and it's three inches of water in my house. And then you feel like a jerk for placing those assumptions. Things outside of your control and outside of your understanding have happened. So sometimes when hope is deferred, you're like, God, why didn't this happen? Why didn't this happen? There's so many. Well, Ephesians 6 talks about we're battling against principalities and powers, unseen enemies. And it's not making an excuse for why something didn't happen, but there are so many things outside of your understanding and outside of your con- control. And when you try and figure it out and you you come to conclusions and assumptions and then you get mad at God for things, when in all reality, I got to be okay that I know that there are things that are outside of my understanding, outside of my control, and my job is not to figure those things out. My job is to be anchored to the rock and continue to have my hope, not just to continue to just have hope. I don't know if that makes any sense, but. Yeah, it, it comes back to what we can control, which is our heart and the focus of our heart and the direction we're going. And we get into selfishness. I deal with this with my wife a lot. I, you know, if she's in a bad mood, I read myself into it. Well, what did I do? Sometimes my wife, thankfully, patiently goes, you know, it's not all about you. I can have a difficulty day and it has nothing to do with you. But naturally we read our part into it. Yeah. We don't know the conversations those people have had with God. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what the enemy and the yeah. demonic forces in the world are working in different mm-hmm. situations. Uh, look at Daniel. Daniel. Exactly. Daniel had to wait 21 days. Had nothing to do with what he was doing. He was doing the right things, but there was a battle going on. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I mean, we can get down this rabbit trail and I don't know how really productive it really is, but like, yeah, it had nothing to do with Daniel's prayer or God's willingness to answer it. It was all these unseen things stopping it up. And, you know, there's so many factors involved into why certain things happen and why certain things don't happen. People's faith on both sides of of it, you know, spiritual forces, all that kind of stuff. And if I can just be okay with not, it's okay to not understand everything. That helps me, at least. Yeah. I don't know. All right, I have one more thought, and then yeah. I won't share another thought about oh, hiking. Is that okay. okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, you said, oh, gosh. What's... Oh, I thought you said, I won't say another thing. I'm like, well, you, well if hopefully you... you do say something okay. else. Well, let me start with this. We'll see where it goes. At the beginning of 2020, before COVID went crazy, I had the opportunity to hike Kilimanjaro, which is one of the seven summits. It's the highest peak in all of the continent of Africa. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's 19,000 feet, but it's discouraging. You don't necessarily have a false summit. Uh, you, you have a hard time seeing the mountain, 
the top of the mountain at where you start. You start, I think, somewhere around 7,000 feet. You go to 19,000 feet. But the interesting thing is, is that you go up and then you go down a lot. And it's similar to being at a fall summit because you, I think we went from like 7,000 to 9,000 the first day. Then you go from 9,000 to 11,000. And first off, that's not much elevation gain. You're like, this is lame. And their phrase is pole pole. The the, the African guys will just shout out, pole pole, pole pole, which means slow, slow. Hmm. Because to finish the hike, they say you got to go slow. Which that can, there's a lot of spiritual connections there. But I think when we got to 11,000, we camped at 11,000. That night we went back down to 9,000. We actually spent the day going down the mountain. Hmm. And then we went from 9,000 to 13,000. And then the next day we woke up and went down to 11,000 and then went to 15,000. Wow. And the reason being is, is even though we wanted to go from where we were in that moment higher, people were getting sick. And for you to be successful, to be able to get to the top, you had to go back some moments so you could go higher. And when we get to a false summit or a certain level in our life, God can prick certain things in our heart and say, the condition of your heart, unless you go back and address this, will not be in a spot where you can get to where you need to be. And it's discouraging, but we had to slowly proceed forward and then some days slowly take a step back so we could finish our course. Wow. So. It's one thing to get to a fall summit, and then it's another thing to do a switch back down the mountain, camp at a certain spot till your health could get to a certain level to go farther. But sometimes that's the case. That's good. And that's cool that you climbed Kilimanjaro. It was a great opportunity. I was just thinking about some times in my life where hope was deferred or I felt like a battle was lost. And I'll get deep for a moment. And we'll see where what comes of it. But I know when my dad passed away in 2014, he died of a heart attack in the middle of the night. And so uh, that whole experience, you know, we were actually believing for a miracle. And we were praying. And we all had faith that, he, you know, he would raise up. And he didn't. And then everybody left the room. And the doctors said, uh, we're calling it. And say your goodbyes, but that's it. And that was a moment of not just hope being deferred, but hope being completely destroyed. And I had so many questions. I'm like, God, I had faith. We prayed, we believed. All of us did. And God didn't sit there in that moment and go, well, here's the deal. There was an unseen enemy holding this up. And actually, your dad was actually halfway into heaven. And he saw Jesus, and he couldn't turn back because his glory was just so overwhelming. And yada, yada, yada. He didn't give me all the reasons. Uh, three words rang out so audibly, which was, I am good. And I remember just hearing that over and over. So God's not obligated to tell me all that stuff, but he's still obligated to tell me something that's true. And that's what was true. And I remember being in that moment, washing my dad's face off with a washcloth. And those words just kept like ringing out louder and louder and louder to the point where I was saying it audibly. Well, I wasn't saying I am good, but I started saying God is good. God is good. God is wow. good. And that thing comforted me so much. Why? Because that was a, a truth that was anchored or an anchor that was anchored in truth. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which was Jesus, the rock, God. He is good. And again, there's so many things outside of my understanding and control that took place undoubtedly that I will never know. And I don't really necessarily need to know, but I do need to know that God is good. And 
I might have thought that that was a battle that was lost. But when the Bible says that hope does not disappoint, it's actually referring to the fact that Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. And even if there might seem like a, a battle that was lost here on this earth, the ultimate victory is this, that we get to be eternally seated with Jesus. And that's why we don't sorrow like those who don't have hope, because I do have the hope in the fact that my dad is and will be with Jesus for eternity. So even if there's a momentary uh, uh, lost battle here on this earth, we have a confident hope knowing that Jesus conquered the ultimate death. That's right. Which is separation from him. So I want to encourage you guys, maybe you've been through the same boat. Like I, I, you know, I made some pretty heavy examples at the beginning, like miscarriages and people you're praying for in your family. You know, uh, I do believe that we can experience those victories here on this earth. But again, God did not promise that everything's going to be just peachy. So you're going to go through some stuff. And I want to encourage you, whether the victory is here or on earth, it's not a reason to give up hope. It's not a reason to camp or climb back down. You got to be anchored and know I'm going to continue to climb. I'm going to continue to believe. And you're going to persevere. Yeah. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. There it is. You really wrapped that right Thanks. up. Thanks. And I want to say thank you for being so vulnerable and talking about that. You're man. welcome. I hope in that made sense to you guys navigate through it a little bit. But um, scenes from the false summit. Don't let it discourage you. Don't let it you don't let it make you cast off hope. Continue to be anchored. Continue to climb. Do you want to pray? I do. I want to. Oh, you said the word, the cool words last time. You you declared some things last time. Yeah, I did. But can I declare the yeah. wisdom of the day? Oh yeah, sorry, wisdom of the day. Well, I think you just did. Okay. For yourself, but yeah. you can wrap that. We'll into... wrap that up as wisdom of the day. Well, no. <laughs> uh, maybe as I share mine, you can put it into one statement. But just my wisdom of the day is uh, feeding on the faithfulness of God at the fall summit and enjoying the view, because. There is something to see uh, at the fall summit. And if I only have my eyes on the fact that I'm not where I thought I would be, not where he promised me to be, but where I thought I should be. I thought I should be farther than now. When the trail map says there's going to be fall summits, I miss out on the view and I don't gain perspective. The view includes a perspective. So to enjoy the view on where I'm at so I can get where I'm going. Mm. I guess I can wrap it up with this. I can't remember what scripture it is. I should know this. But when it says, I'll see his goodness in the land of the living, mm. um, I could have said, God, that means here on this earth. I didn't see your goodness. Like if if I was to see your goodness in the land of the living, that means my dad would still be alive. But everything that has pr was produced in me through that is all about God's goodness. And where I am now, I'm not saying my dad needed to die in order for me to grow, but it was an opportunity for me to experience God's goodness, for me to grow in my faith, in my maturity, and in my calling. And God used that as an instrumental tool. So you might be thinking, I didn't see his goodness in the land of the living. That thing didn't come to pass. Well, you got to stop limiting your thinking and stop limiting what you think his goodness really is because it produced a, a bunch of stuff in me that I'm so thankful for. Not thankful for my dad dying, but I'm thankful for the opportunity that I had to grow and see God's goodness through that. Well said. Yeah. I guess that was like kind of two wisdoms of the day. I love me, it. But. I love it. All right. Let's pray. Are you praying or am I praying? I'll pray. Okay. Father God, I thank you so much that you're taking us somewhere, Father God, that you have a thought, you have a plan, you have a, you have a purpose for our life that's so much greater than we can imagine. And yeah, it's going to be a journey. There's going to be false summits, but we can anchor ourselves in you. 
and in your goodness. And Father God, I just am thankful for the testimony of Jonathan and what he shared. And Father God, we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living in its multifaceted ways that it'll be demonstrated to us. And we're going there, but we're not going there without you. We're going there with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And we're loving doing this podcast and we're loving that you're joining us. So we look forward to you joining us next time on the Sewing Going Podcast with J&J. Bye.